Hey, Cloudcast community, listen up. Today's show is sponsored by Datadog, a cloud-scale monitoring and analytics platform. Datadog was built to bring clarity to complex dynamic applications, whether they're in the cloud, on-prem, in containers, or wherever you run your applications. With powerful dashboards, seamless integrations, and more than 250 technologies they can monitor, Datadog has you covered. Whether it's AWS, Azure, or Google services, your popular open source projects and products, or web security and APIs, Datadog can help you monitor them and help you collaborate around troubleshooting them and make sure they're running great. Datadog provides deep end-to-end visibility into the health and performance of modern applications. So try it yourself. Get yourself a free 14-day trial. Go to datadoghq.com slash cloudcast. That's datadoghq.com slash cloudcast to try out your free 14-day trial. And if you try it out, let them know your friends at Cloudcast sent you, and they'll send you a great, uh, wonderful, soft, awesome t-shirt with the Datadog logo on it. I wear mine all the time. So once again, that's datadoghq.com slash cloudcast. Thanks for listening, and here comes the show. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. You know, folks, it's a busy week. Anytime AWS hosts their reInvent conference, it's always a busy week. There are lots and lots of new announcements, almost a fire hose of announcements. Um, we're going to try and cover a couple of them here in uh, this week's Cloud News of the Week, but uh, obviously we won't be able to get to all of them. We'll probably have to do a, an entire show to sort of analyze it. And we're recording this on Wednesday, the day of the uh, Andy Jassy keynote. So, um, you know, we're still all kind of processing it. We're all taking a look at what it means uh, to the industry. We're trying to understand what the technology means. And um, we're going to cover a couple of them. Uh, and we're going to put you know, links to the AWS blog for those of you that want to dig into it uh, even more. Um, obviously, you can get dig into it, and, and you know, more and more of this will come out as the services become more mature over time. So a couple of them that uh, got announced, you know, I sort of lumped these into a couple of different things. We, we, we jokingly say you know, there's, uh, there's a couple of things that happen at AWS reInvent. One of them is um, there are a whole bunch of startups that uh, wait anxiously to figure out whether or not AWS is going to build a native service and potentially put them out of business. Um, Not a lot of those, uh, you know, came along. There were some companies, I think, that that got targeted uh, by some of the announcements. Um, You know, there were some backup uh, service announcements that people were saying, you know, kind of goes after Iron Mountain. Uh, There was some services that talk about, uh, you know, deeper log analysis that maybe go after Splunk a little bit. Uh, There was a service about building um, sort of serverless uh, static web pages, so kind of going after NetLafly. Um, You know, some things like that that go on, we'll kind of highlight those. Um, you know, obviously they take some some pot shots at you know an Oracle and people migrating uh, databases and stuff. That that stuff's all pretty normal. Um, you know, one of the announcements uh, they announced something called Firecracker, which is sort of a an open source project. So you know, uh, Amazon doesn't always uh, sort of be the originator of, of open source projects, at least ones that that they're trying to get broad approval. Um, this is sort of a very very lightweight virtual machine um, that. Uh, you know, is intended to run with containers. It's sort of the technology that apparently runs underneath Fargate. Um, so Firecracker is a new open source project that uh, they announced. Uh, they announced something called AWS Outposts, which we had a uh, survey out last week asking people if they thought people would go, uh, AWS would go all in on, uh, on on-prem or hybrid cloud. And I think the answer to that was yes. Uh, Outposts is essentially two things. It is Amazon hardware on-prem with uh, some number of Amazon services 
probably to grow over time, uh, being managed by Amazon on-prem. Uh, and then it also has an offering that is uh, uh, VMware managed by Amazon uh, on-prem as well. So um, that'll be obviously send some ripples through the uh, on-prem business and a lot of different vendors will uh, will sort of be impacted by that to some extent. You know, a few of the others that are out there, lots and lots of of machine learning and analytics, we'll put posts to those. You know, what was interesting to me, uh, it felt a little different this time was, you know, they they really started announcing some things that felt a little bit outside the IT realm and really started to blend over into the, you know, what Amazon business does, not AWS, but Amazon's business. So one of them was they're going to do managed ground stations. So for companies that have satellites that want to send satellite data back to earth and then turn that into applications and so forth, um, Amazon is going to be basically running managed satellites or ground stations, not satellites, managed ground stations uh, at the Amazon data centers. So, you know, that starts to become very interesting because, you know, we we see things like Amazon bidding for uh, regional sports networks. Obviously, maybe they're going to try and compete with uh, ESPN. Uh, you know, you've got, you know, satellite video and so forth. So you start to see, and we'll put some details, some examples of this. Um, I think we're really going to begin to see Amazon, the company, being the first customer for a lot of things that AWS will eventually build. And then it will be interesting to see how many other companies potentially scrap uh, maybe some of their core technologies to move over to to Amazon doing that. So kind of a, a scattershot set of the news. Um, like we said, there's probably been 20 plus announcements over the first couple of days. There'll be another set with Werner's uh, keynote tomorrow. And we will uh, we'll get those in the key in in uh, in the show notes. And obviously, we'll we'll talk about this in the next couple of next couple of weeks as we start to digest all that. So with that, that's our cloud news of the week. As always, thank you to Datadog for hosting the show. As we mentioned earlier, um, you know, if you go to Datadog hq.com slash the cloudcast, uh, you'll be able to, uh, to, you know, sign up for free trials as well as getting a free t-shirt. Thank you to Datadog for sponsoring this. So with that, we're going to jump to our interview. Aaron and I have a chance to talk to a brand new startup, a very exciting startup called Rockset, who is going to talk to us about really revolutionizing how to build new data-centric applications and big data applications. So with that, let's get to the interview. Okay, let's do this. All right, Aaron, two weeks in a row. We're both on the show. We're both hosting the show. How have you been, man? How was your Thanksgiving? Good. Yeah, it must be uh, getting close to the holidays because uh, we're both on the show together. And, and that means travel is at least hopefully winding down for the year for both of us. And so, uh, Brian, how many uh, airline and hotel clubs did you make this year? I, I made them all. Uh, I think, I'd, I think <laughs> I'm going to end up doing about 110 flights for the year. So uh, it's, it's, good to, it's good to wind down a little bit. It's good to, to have both of us on the show. And uh, it's good to you know reintroduce yourself to your family and all. So hey. Yeah, and we have to – and real quick, too, we have to – have to start running and start training. Uh, Krispy Kreme uh, announcements uh, come out before too much longer, right? It is Thanksgiving, so yep. uh, we're going to have to have to start prepping everyone to uh, get ready for that as well. Yep, 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 yep. So listen, you know, you and I, we always start the year, and as the year goes on, we go, hey, we, you know, what are some areas we want to dive into? And we we've always said, look. You and I don't have a background in data science. We don't necessarily have a background in, you know, data apps and, and databases. And, and we've always said the best thing we can do is go find really smart people that have a background in this stuff and are doing, you know, sometimes uh, evolutionary stuff and sometimes really revolutionary stuff. And I think today's show is going to be very cool because um, our guest uh, not only is starting a new company, but is looks to be doing some really revolutionary stuff around how to build and use data-centric applications. So very excited to have Venkat, Venkataramani, who is co-founder and CEO of Rockset. So Venkat, welcome to the show. 
so yes, thank you for inviting us and inviting me uh, to be part of the show. I'm super excited to uh, talk about what we're building here. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So um, first off, uh, give us a little bit of your background. You know, prior to starting the company, what were you doing? Uh, what sort of you know technology areas were interested to you, and then what ultimately kind of drove you to to want to go start uh, Rockset? Great. Uh, yes, I think prior to founding Rockset, uh, I was managing all online data infrastructure at Facebook. Um, this was the set of uh, services and, and uh, systems on top of which all Facebook user-facing products were built on top of. Um, this was from years 2007 until 2015 I was there, uh, and I helped scale the online data infrastructure at Facebook from about 40 million monthly active users to a billion and a half by the time I left in 2015. And prior to that, I was building databases at uh, Oracle. And what I like to joke about is I, you know, I've been building databases all my throughout my career, and I always build it in the most interesting places. Um, in the early 2000s, it was inside Oracle, server technologies team. Learned a tremendous ton from working with amazing people there. Uh, and then from mid-2000s to 2015, was like I think places like Facebook was the best place to build databases. And now it's all in the, in the cloud. And so we're trying to reimagine what data management should look like in the cloud and Rockset. And you asked a follow-up question, which was like, what really prompted me to uh, found this company? Um, it was really a series of conversations. Uh, you know, when I left Facebook, um, what I wanted to spend a lot of time was understanding kind of how the world works. I had a pretty good idea on the problems that uh, infrastructure, data infrastructure problems that Facebook was facing and how Facebook would approach those kinds of uh, challenges. And when I left, I really spent a lot of time talking to, uh, you know, people in the real world uh, outside of Facebook. So, um, you know, 2015, 20, 2007 to 2015 was like pre-AWS and, and post-AWS and, and, and public cloud infrastructure, pre-Docker, post-Docker, pre-Kubernetes and post-Kubernetes. And it, the world uh, was just very different. And so I spent a lot of time trying to understand what are the problems we're solving, uh, what are the sources of big sources of complexity, in, especially around data and data infrastructure uh, in enterprises, and those conversations were really the genesis of, of the company. And, and Venkat, sometimes we have founder guests that have had, you know, have done past startups previously. And, and sometimes we have founder guests that, you know, are, are really trying to introduce something new. And, and, and it sounds like it's breaking the mold um, in, in, from previous things that we've known. Um, and, and also there's this trend on the, on the podcaster early on of, you know, as, uh, you know, the, the Google-like infrastructures or the Facebook-like infrastructure were, were coming to be. But then I think everyone was like, yes, I want to be like that. But then everyone had trouble wrapping their head around what it meant to operate like that. And, and then, you know, Rockset comes along and, and, you know, you're starting to attempt to deliver things in a very different way. You, you, you see terms like, you know, apps without pipelines, serverless search, schemaless ingest, natively uses SQL. Like, tell us a little bit more about exactly what it means to kind of operate in this new paradigm. Yes. Um, the crux of the problem, if I were to capture in the current stack, is that there is just way too many disparate data management systems that a developer or a data engineer or a, or a data scientist has to put up with and, and plumb together to turn useful data that may be, you know, in a bunch of different places into useful applications or, or interactive notebooks. And, you know, things come in different shapes and some are semi-structured data like JSON and CSVs and whatnot. And some data continues to live in structured kind of like operational databases. 
And what we are trying to do is, you know, what would it take to not make it easy for you to transform the data and put it into a system? What would it take to actually eliminate all of, a lot of the steps in the middle? And so when we thought about, you know, why do, why do people do ETL? Why do people do a lot of transformations? And uh, a big reason is that, you know, you want to do build powerful applications that wants to do full feature SQL on a lot of these kinds of disparate data sets. And there was really no easy way to do that. Um, the 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 set of kind of a plethora of data management solutions all are very very highly specialized. Uh, they were built really for the pre-cloud era, uh, you know, really optimized to run on dedicated Linux servers and what have you. And then when we looked at the cloud and when we looked at the the opportunity of um, you know easy access to uh, so much you know on-demand kind of provisioning uh, APIs to provision more compute APIs to provision more storage, uh, we really thought. Um, how do we simplify this? And so what we enable is, you know, get an account with Rockset, give us read access to your data. We will go and automatically, you know, ingest all of your data, schematize them into fully optimized SQL collections so that you can directly go from raw data to very fast SQL access on top of them and without basically having to set up any any of the traditional kind of like pipelines and ETLs and, and uh, shards and servers and what have you. Uh, and this is what we say, you know, uh, a lot of these kind of ad hoc data applications today uh, really resemble a Rube Goldberg machine of sorts, uh, where you're sort of plumbing together multiple disparate things and data flows from one place to another place to another place. Uh, upkeep is very expensive. Uh, setting them up is requires a lot of people time and, uh, and, and it's really expensive in terms of both people and scaling them. And, and there's just so many, so much complexity that comes with that. And we're trying to eliminate a lot of the complexity by just allowing people to just say, don't worry about if your data is kind of messy, if it's semi-structured or structured, you can point, you know, get an account with Rockset, point us at wherever the data lives. And you can, you know, if you know SQL, you already know how to use Rockset. And the whole thing is offered as a, uh, you know, a serverless, uh, you know, uh, cloud, uh, you know, engine that you can just instantly go start using it without having to worry about, infrastructure and, you know, kind of like pipelines and what have you. Yeah. So, you know, a number of years ago, maybe, I don't know, five, six years ago, seven years ago, there was this, this concept of data lakes and, and people, you know, a lot of companies and a lot of, um, you know, vendors and others said, Hey, you know, there's lots of data out there. If you could pull it all into one location, um, and now you can start, you know, making queries against it. And, and data lakes had a lot of hype. They didn't really go anywhere because, it was complicated. You, you had to learn Hadoop, you had to set up servers, you had to, you know, you couldn't necessarily always use a SQL querying language. You had to, you know, know how much capacity to plan for. I mean, it, it sounds like, and maybe we're, we're way off on this, but it sounds like you guys are really, like you said, sort of the next generation, the cloud iteration of that thing, that concept that sort of was data lakes, but maybe like that world just sort of didn't really work. And, and, and you guys, because of your background, are, are going to try and fulfill that promise. Is that sort of a fair, put it in the ballpark of what you're trying to do, or, or are you doing something that's really, really different from, from what they try to do? It's very related, but I don't, Roxit is not, um, so Roxit works very well with, in the cloud. And what, if you think about what was the purpose of a data lake, right? I think it had multiple purposes. And I think the traditional way of solving that was trying to use one kind of technology to do everything. So the primary purpose of data lake, I would say, is to be able to accumulate your data in a reliable fashion. And there's a lot of storage and need to need to be able to 
deal with uh, a different, like a wide variety of data sets. Um, that is one big uh, function of a data lake. But also, I think what, where, uh, you know, the, the bigger complexity comes in, like, what do you do to operationalize portions of that, right? You have accumulated a lot of this data, and now how do you put it to work? How do you make your uh, decisions more data-driven? How do you make your, how do you engage with your customers better? How do you find different sources of revenue for your company? Um, you know, how do you build data-driven products on top of this? So operationalizing that data requires a lot more elasticity in terms of compute and in terms of, you know, indexing strategies of data in the, uh, you know, in the lake. And that's where I think, you know, a lot of people say, you know, data lake is where data goes to sort of like die rather than, you know, come to life. And that's really the problem that we are trying to solve. We're not trying to eliminate a data lake. Uh, You know, we are actually saying, you know, if you already have a data lake, great. Now you can use Rockset to actually bring a lot of the data to life and actually operationalize them. So if you take, for example, in the cloud, people don't really uh, intentionally a lot of the time create this, but it, you know, Amazon S3 is a really awesome place for you to store a lot of data. It has no compute, it's pure storage, and it's pretty cheap and it's very reliable. And so a lot of people accumulate a lot of data in Amazon S3, you know, and it's different types of data in different uh, formats uh, coming from different sources and what have you. But then once it's in there, how do I operationalize any of that? Because there is no compute that comes with uh, with Amazon S3. Now is where the Rube Goldberg machine starts. And that's exactly what we're eliminating with uh, Rockset. So now with Rockset, you already have accumulated a lot of the data and in just some storage-based systems like Amazon S3. Now you get an account with Rockset, point just a portion of the data that you want to operationalize. And it may be 3 to 5% of the data you, uh, you're accumulated in uh, in your quote-unquote cloud data lake, which is Amazon S3 uh, type systems. And instantly you can now operationalize it and get like sub-second queries on, on, the, on the data that you've indexed, um, you know, on top of, um, uh, on Rockset. And, and you can build applications, you can do data-driven apps, you can do automation. Uh, if you want to like, you know, for example, if you want to like build an active surveillance, um, there's a lot of um, real-time data streams that are coming in and some data, uh, historical data, uh, continues to be in, in data lakes. You combine those real-time streams with data from your data lakes very, very easily using Rockset. So, so essentially, we're reimagining the, the promise of uh, a data lake within an enterprise. I think one complex, big platform technology that tried to do everything, I think, is uh, probably not how, how you should do it in the cloud. I think the storage should be completely separated from compute. Uh, the in the data indexes should be completely separated from uh, how the data is stored, and you pr- you probably don't want to index and and uh, bring to life the entire data lake, but you should be able to bring to life just the portion you need uh, to be able to build the applications and do the automation that you that you care about. And so that's really the promise. Like make it very very easy for people to go from useful data um, that could be sitting in a data lake without any compute or any kind of uh, fast data processing technologies. And turn that turning that into a um, a data powered application is extremely simple. It's literally one step in Rockset that with traditional uh, you know kind of open source uh, you know technologies that you have to uh, you know plumb together, it would be a you know multi multi man month project right now. That would that would be a, sin, a single step in Rockset. And, and Venkat, um, as part of that. Y- you you also highlighted previously that that all of this is accessible um, via SQL. 
Um, and that's, you know, widely known by technologists, data, data analysts like that, you know, that's a, a, a lowest common denominator, if you will. Right. And, and so if you take that and you combine that with some of the more cutting edge things like, like serverless concepts, um, which is, you know, very much the focus of Rockset, um, you're, 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 is it really the focus on making it easier to build this out for the masses and, and really be able to combine all of these, these technologies almost seamlessly, but then also provide that, you know, something they know SQL, if I'm kind of like connecting all of the dots, is that a good way to look at this? Yes. Uh, in fact, interestingly, in our earliest prototype, uh, we did not choose SQL. And when we, when, uh, you know, our early kind of pilot customers were, and co-development partners were trying to like uh, use us and they were like, oh, it's so easy to like, you know, just point Rockset at the data. I don't have to do ingest and pipelines. There was a really good aha moment. And then instantly they were asking, but can I just use SQL to query it now? Right. Like now that you've taken all of this data and then we were like, oh, no, no, no. Read our, you know, new API and, you know, and, and figure out a way to construct your applications on top of our custom in you know, proprietary API. And there was a huge turnoff. Uh, and uh, we realized, I think, you know, there was a the, the pendulum swung really hard uh, during the you know the last decade, uh, especially with the proliferation of open source data management technologies towards a lot of specialized systems. And um, I think if you know what how we see the world, we see the pendulum swinging swinging back towards SQL based systems to um, in the cloud, especially so that you don't need to worry about too many specialized uh, systems for different types of data management. Whether you're doing you know storing document data keys and values, uh, time series data, graph data. I mean, I think if you can, you know, the pendulum is swinging back or hard and SQL is, allows us to say, you know, you already know, st- know how to use Rockset uh, instead of having to learn an entirely new kind of, uh, you know, tool chain and what have you and APIs. And also another big advantage of SQL is that it works already with your ecosystem, right? Like I think, whether it is kind of data live dashboards that you want to build, you can use your existing dashboarding tools uh, to build those kinds of, uh, uh, you know, live uh, applications on top of Rockset. So it's sort of like not just the lowest common denominator in being able to, um, you know, make Rockset accessible to a lot of people. It also uh, means that we can work with their ecosystem, right? It's not a a full-fledged set of new tools and new uh, tool chain that they have to now learn and, and incorporate into their uh, into their company, uh, you know, using Rockset would be like you already know you uh, not only you already know how to use Rockset. All of your tools that you use today uh, can probably you know work with us seamlessly. Yeah, no, I, I think you're really, you know, just beyond the high level thing, you're really hitting on a lot of things that um, you know that ultimately help companies be successful, which is like lower the lower the. Uh, the barrier to entry for people to to learn your technology to be reuse what they already have you know i mean the fact that people don't have to move their data you know there's always the been the do i move the data to the compute or do i move the compute to the data you know you're just saying look just leave it where it is you know it's it's good that they're separate and and we can leave them um i think i think all that stuff is is really powerful um you know you you talked about some of the early uh companies and customers and um you know testers that you were working with that were giving you feedback um, did you find there were sort of any patterns or types of applications that people were like, oh, I can now build these differently or less expensive or with a lot less hassle um, using Rockset than, than maybe they had been doing with, with previous systems in the past? Oh, yes. Um, I can give a couple of anecdotal examples. Um, so uh, 
there is a there's a, like a wide variety of things you can build on top of Rockset. Um, you can go from like you know one one use case is uh, people building market intelligence applications where they get a lot of third party data sets and they have a lot of internal data sets and they're trying to like put them together. And a lot of third party data sets comes in like these kinds of like funny JSON with a lot of nesting. And uh, previously getting a couple of these third-party data sets and combining that with their internal kind of transactional historical data to being able to find patterns on what's happening in the market, what's happening with the customers, what else are they buying, what else should we be selling, and what is working and what is not. Uh, that usually took them uh, a two- to three-person team uh, a month to build a new kind of live dashboard that gives them more kind of like peripheral vision uh, on, on the market. Uh, this was done now, uh, the same kind of a project was went end to end in a matter of you know matter of days in two days one person working with us was able to do achieve the same uh, kind of a project and deliver a similar kind of a project um, and especially because of uh, our ability to index semi-structured data and do SQL on it meant that they could just dump a lot of this data uh, we could uh, the third party data sets were arriving uh, continuously into Amazon S3 already and they caught an account, they pointed Rockset at it, and then they started building their dashboard using SQL. In a couple of days, they were able to build what they wanted to build that previously was an ad hoc one-off analysis that the, the two or, a team of two or three had to build over multiple weeks. So this is one kind of use case. Another use case that we are trying to, uh, you know, that, that is also very interesting that is coming is with a lot of real-time data. Uh, people that where the, 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 the duration, the data latency from where like an event occurring uh, let's say somebody is uh, want to personalize a e-commerce website that as the user, uh, you want to like in real time combine users' behavioral data on what are the, uh, you know, the the products that this particular individual likes, what are the, uh, where are they coming from, what else, what other products are popular for the, geo, for the geographical regions that that particular user is coming from. And instead of trying to build a lot of these kinds of offline analysis, they can do live personalization by streaming all of these clickstream data on who's looking at what, who's searching for what, and in real time, construct these kinds of queries in SQL to be able to say, show me the most popular products for people from this geographical region. And that is just, you can go from raw data and ask a question like that, get the response back in like 50 or 60 milliseconds from Rockset and instantly show, hey, you may also like these other products because they seem to be popular from, from the geographical regions where you're coming from. Those kinds of things um, are, are like a couple of examples of like, uh, you know, uh, the kind of applications that are getting built on top of Rockset that is extremely simple now compared to any kind of complex, um, you know, infrastructure that people have, people are used to uh, that, that is quote unquote state of the art. Yeah. Nice. That's really fascinating. Brian, did you have anything before I wrap us up? Yeah. What I want to ask one last one and, and this may get, uh, you know, a little, a little deep, you don't have to go too deep for, for those of us who aren't super into databases, but, um, you have a concept, uh, that's called schemaless ingest. And I know, um, you know, I've heard thousands and thousands of stories of DBAs and schemas changing and, and their life being difficult because of that, like give folks the, the cliff notes version of what, what does that mean? And, and kind of how does, how does that work? Obviously that's important for dealing with lots of different types of data and formats, but like, how does, how does that even work? Yes, great, great question. That is a key differentiator of Rockset then compared to anything else. So how does it work? So when you create the equivalent of a table in Rockset, you don't really describe what fields are in there, what types these fields are, or anything like that. 
uh, a table or a collect, uh, collections is what we call them, is really a container of data, right? It just stores a bunch of data. And what we do is as data comes in, we inspect the data as they come in. We don't need to you know, conform that with a predefined shape of the data that is going to be in, the, in, in, in that particular table. And we organize them in our backend in a way that we can do fast SQL processing on them. And it is strongly typed. So we don't lose any of the typing information as the data comes in. If new fields appear, they will automatically get added to the table. And so when you, after you load a lot of data, you can go and ask Rockset, describe the shape of the data that you have seen so far in this table. Uh, and, and then Rockset will tell you, okay, here are the top level fields I've seen. Here are the types they came with. Here is how often uh, these fields were populated. Some fields occurred in every one of the document or, or record that you sent. Some fields were not present for uh, 50% of them or 60% of them or whatever. All that information is summarized for you. And, and based on that, you can now start constructing SQL queries on that directly. And so it's a very different way of managing, you know, of, of organizing the data, which is kind of like a proprietary, you know, like, uh, you know, set of algorithms and implementation that we have done since founding the company. Uh, but the power of that really comes to how low the barrier is to basically be able to load uh, of, uh, you know, any different kind of data. And if I want to go a little more detail, uh, probably the best analogy that you can think of is like, you know, uh, traditional databases are statically typed. Uh, the typing inf- you know, information is schematized and has to be provided ahead of time. Uh, and so they're like, you know, in programming languages, they are more like the Java or, or C or C++, which are statically typed languages. And then there's really no databases that do dynamic typing, uh, which is like more like a Python or a Ruby or, or one of these kind of like dynamically typed languages. And Rockset is more of the latter. Uh, we try to provide you know, a SQL on top of dynamically typed data. And there's a lot of uh, deep tech innovation that we have done to enable that. Our engineering blog has a lot more of those details. If you go to uh, rockset.com and click uh, the blog, you will be able to read you know, some of our chief architects and key, um, you know, uh, engineers in the, uh, in our, in our, in our team, uh, writing and sharing the world on how we actually do it. So there's a lot more details uh, that you can read, but, the but to just to summarize, uh, we can, inde- we index the data and organize the data without knowing the shape of the data ahead of time. And we can be organized in a way so that we can power very fast SQL, uh, you know, analysis, SQL queries on, on top of the data. And that's really how we organize it over in our backend distributed uh, data management system. And that's what we call smart schemas, because even though you don't, you didn't describe the shape of the data at the time of creating your collections and tables, we do provide that for you automatically. Very cool. Very, very cool. And definitely we'll get some, uh, we'll get some links in the show notes so folks can go take a look at that, uh, you know, kind of pointers to the website. And, uh, I know you guys are doing, um, uh, you're doing some uh, some stuff in terms of like webinars and all. We'll get that into the show notes as well. Um, Aaron, you want to wrap it up? I think we've we've kind of gone into things that in in reality uh, we've talked about this. I think we're going to get far beyond your and I's ability to to dive into it. But uh, I think people are going to be very interested in this, especially given how much easier and, and faster and all this is going to make folks. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I would also just like to add too, uh, you know, this is a space where we're definitely trying to get into uh, more as well. Um, so if anybody has any ideas uh, out there for guests, um, let us know um, through all the, the various channels. Uh, we always would love to hear both feedback about the show as well as uh, anybody you, you, that's interesting out there that you'd like to bring to our attention. So thank you for that ahead of time. Um, Venkat, uh, where can everyone um, find out more about uh, Roxette um, and about you and kind of get more information uh, before we uh, close out. Yes. Uh, anybody uh, can go to rockset.com. Uh, we have different editions and we do have a, a free edition for people to kick the tires with. So go to rockset.com and in the top uh, there's a green button uh, to request access uh, and get started for free. So just click that button and, and uh, we'll work with you. You know, your your account is set up and, and, and you can successfully use Rockset. And we uh, also have uh, more information about the company uh, and we have an engineering blog. Uh, all of that is listed from our website. So rockset.com is, is where uh, all the action is. Yeah. And you guys will be at AWS reInvent? Yes. Uh, we will be in booth number 813, uh, 813. Uh, we will be there in the expo hall. Um, the core team is going to be basically camping out there for like, uh, for like the four or five days there. So we want to meet as many people as possible there. And uh, yeah, if you're going to be in reInvent, please stop by and we'll love to show you a live demo of all the things that we just talked about. Very cool. Very cool. Listen, folks, uh, Venkat, thank you so much for the time today and, and kind of educating us on not only Rockset, uh, but about, you know, kind of your vision for this and, and how people can start getting engaged with it. So folks with that, thank you so much for listening today as always. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 